Welcome to Chapter 3 of Health System CIO's Chat with Chuck Christian, Executive Engagement Director with the Indiana Health Information Exchange. In this segment, Christian talks about the concerns he has with TEFCA, particularly for small and post-acute facilities, how discussions with policymakers have changed over the years, for the better, and the challenge he's going to continue to issue to HHS. The other question I have about that is I've listened to a lot of physicians, particularly in the emergency room, that are they're connected to Commonwealth and some of the other networks, and they'll go in, they, they click the button to see if this patient's got any data anywhere, and one of them said, I sit there and watch the beach ball spin for five minutes, and it comes back and tells me nothing's found. Well, does that mean there's nothing there at all, or they couldn't match the patient? Uh, and then after a number of times they're doing that, they just quit go looking because they can uh, either ask a question or get somebody to get the data for them quicker than sitting down watching a beach ball spin. Right. And now you mentioned TEFCA. We're uh, awaiting with with bated breath the um, ONC's proposed proposed rule on data blocking. And I know that this could be a whole other conversation. It could be a very long conversation, but um, there is a lot of gray area and I, I would think that it is a really difficult thing, which is why it does take so long, to try to put together definitions that uh, at least a majority will agree on. That was one of the things that I think that ONC was hoping that before their their annual meeting last week, they I think they thought the timing of getting that rule out of ONB would be before their meeting so they could talk about it. Yeah. And they were asked about it a hundred times, and they basically they do what they're supposed to do. They says, you know, we're in rulemaking. We can't yeah. talk about it. We can't even hint at it. You know, what we've heard through a variety of channels is that it's 700 plus pages. And I'm going, oh my God. Genevieve tweeted out, says, well, there's a reason that ONC stands for Office of No Christmas. Because they drop these things out right at the holidays. I spent New Year's Eve with my family. I was reading the first iteration of the Meaning for Use guidelines. Mm. And so I'm sure that I'll spend part of the holiday again reading over a variety of things because some of the things that were hinted at at the ONC meeting was we know that the information blocking uh, or what's not information blocking rules are at OMB right now. They're due to be released hopefully in a week or so. We know that based upon what Dr. Rucker said in his uh, commentary that uh, the second pass of TEFCA is going to be the second iteration is going to be coming out. There were two senators, uh, Lamar Alexander, and I, I cannot call the other man's name, uh, talked about on stage is that, you know, ONC received a lot of comments about TEFCA, and uh, it was much more descriptive and complex than everybody thought, and that's kind of what they heard. And so it kind of makes me wonder if the next iteration is going to be, a, you know, a kinder and gentler point. I don't know yet, but we'll have to wait and see. But there's still going to be a million questions. But then the last thing that HHS has hinted at through SEMA's office is one of the questions they had in both the IPPS, the OPPS, and the physician fee schedule rules that just came out starting in August is should CMS make interoperability a condition of participation in the Medicare and Medicaid rules? Right. 
And if you're going to participate in the programs, you have to do certain things, and you have to say you're not an information blocker and, and those type of things. So yeah. the comments that I worked on for a couple of different groups, I basically said, oh, please don't do that because it's already difficult enough for smaller facilities and post-acute care and behavioral health who's been kind of on the outside looking in at this. Yeah. This whole automation piece, and, yeah. and they're having to automate just to keep up. Uh, and the fact is, if you look at some of the proposed rulemaking, the questions that they were asking, you really get the in, in feeling is they're going to expand this into the post-acute care and behavioral health as, as well. And that's going right. to open up another bucket of worms that uh, you know people are going to have to deal with. But some of this is, comes across, uh, and some people will say it's an unfunded mandate. Uh, it's because they're making rules that will require, in some cases, not an insignificant investment, that they have no way, way of recovering, and those facilities are running on razor-thin margins anyway. And so we just need to be cognizant of kind of what we're doing. One of the things that high-tech did is it, they provided a level of funding. Did it cover all the costs? No. Was all the money used for the intended purposes? I don't know. It depends on who you read and what study you look at. But uh, there was a level investment. Then at the other end of it, you had to have those things in place to avoid a, a down payment, which I really love. Uh, that Rather than calling it a penalty, they call it a down payment. Right. And they're going to take money away from you, regardless of what they call it. So everybody's kind of waiting, as you said, with bated breath, trying to figure out, okay, when is this going to drop? Are they all three going to drop within rapid succession? And then you know, what's the timing? Because a couple of them are at least are going to be a notice of public rulemaking, so there's going to be comment periods. Uh, and we've already got a couple of other things out there. There's one RFI out there now about should we change the uh, the HIPAA rules, and we'll see how the, the incoming Congress deals with some of those privacy uh, things. Right. So a lot coming down the pike. It should be a really interesting start to 2019. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting, that's a, a really good term. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to make more of my hair turn white and our fall out, but I think it'll be okay. The kudos I'll give you know everybody in D.C. right now, and this necessarily has not always been the case, and I'm not poking at any administration whatsoever, but I think over time we've been able to build relationships with both ONC and CMS and with some of the uh, the Hill staff uh, about having these conversations. It used to be when we went up there to have a meeting or something, it, you know, we just came across as whining. We were just whining about it. And so there was a realization is, hey, just don't go and complain and whine. You need to come up with good information. It needs to be based upon facts. And if, if there is a reasonable alternative and you need to be able to articulate that and offer good debate around why this, this alternative may be better than what you've thought of, they're really good about listening. Now, there are reasons sometimes they can't always include all that or parts of it, and they're you know really good about now having that dialogue and saying, no, we can't do that. Here's why we can't do it, but maybe we can do this. Okay, well, let's talk about that. So I really do appreciate their, their willingness to enter into that uh, conversation, and I think that they've over the years have done a really good job of engaging the industry 
and listening to a variety of stakeholders and and not necessarily just the EHR vendors and not necessarily just the large health systems, but they're listening to, you know, the community hospitals. Uh, I wish they did a little bit more, particularly the critical access, but they are reaching out to those uh, in addition to everything else too. Right. Right. I, I think it is important to, uh, like you said, make sure that it isn't just here's what's wrong because the policy people are working really hard too and it's not easy for everyone. So it is important, for, I think, for both sides to definitely acknowledge that. Yep, absolutely. The thing about it is, is you know, are we always going to agree with everything? No. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we need to seek and find those places that we can find something that would be uh, beneficial to uh, everybody. And I, and I know that's the challenge. One of the things that I've noticed is this HIE that I work for has been around for a long time and uh, we've been referred to as, you know, John calls us the tallest kindergartner because we're not mature yet, but, you know, we're a little taller than everybody else because we've been doing it a long time. We've been, you know, we plowed some of the fields uh, that others are planting. And so, you know, we need to find those, those common areas that we can share and it's kind of like the rising tide raises all, all boats. Uh, and also come to the understanding is that what works well in one place may not work well in the other. And what the federal government is trying to do is find these things that everybody can take benefit of rather than making winners and losers. Uh, and sometimes we do that inadvertently. I don't think there's any intent in doing it, but... I'm the, one of the guys that stands out and waves the flag is, and you know, and I've told Dr. Rucker this on more than one occasion, is you're expecting the EHR vendors to solve this issue of interoperability. Take your blinders off and look around you at others that are doing great work that have been doing this work long before the EHR vendors even cared about it and yeah. see if we can't bring these together and figure out how to make them work. And I think that they listen to the challenge, but, you know, we're not there yet, so I'm going to keep issuing the challenge until they tell me to shut up or, you know, they take away my uh, my Internet access. Well, we can't let that happen. <laughs> no. Well, I, I really always appreciate you giving su- such good insights, candid thoughts, and um, I'm really looking forward to, to your blog coming out. Oh, it, it's it's out. It's, go out to look at http uh, irreverent cio.com. Oh, great, awesome! And I hope you, you can we can still have these talks because I I really enjoy it, and I know that people uh, our audience appreciates getting uh, your perspective on on everything that's happening. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know, I I have an opinion. I'm not afraid to share it. Uh, <laughs> I'm always uh, glad to offer whatever assistance and help I possibly can. And so. You know, what I'll say is when when you find uh, conversations we have less valuable, uh, throw, throw a rock at me, uh, and we'll do something different. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I uh, look forward to seeing uh, th- with you soon. Okay. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.